Hey everybody, this is episode two, an interview with talented copywriter Melody Flumendorf. Make sure you tune into the entire episode to get actionable tips to build a sustainable content strategy and also a special discount for podcast listeners. Let's dive in. You're listening to the Brand Authenticity Edit, a podcast for solopreneurs who want to level up their self-awareness so they can build a life and a business they love. I'm your host, Jennifer Hulley. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the show. Hello, Jen. How are you? I'm very excited to be back. Me too. I am so glad you're here. Our first episode with Melody, in case you didn't hear it, was an explained episode. And we were explaining the concept of authentic connection because Melody is a very talented copywriter who, that is her wheelhouse, connecting authentically with the audience or the client or the customer of your dreams for you as a solopreneur, entrepreneur, that is what she does. She's a conduit between you and the people that you want to serve. So we have another episode up previous to this one that goes into much more depth about what authentic connection looks like in terms of content and copywriting and who Melody is. So let's just do a quick little review recap of who you are, Melody, for anyone who missed this episode. And if you did miss it, you got to go back and listen to the first one. Hello, my name is Melody. I'm a content and copywriter for businesses and entrepreneurs who need help with their content strategy and the writing as well. So I help them to connect authentically with the help of content and grow their business at the same time. I feel like that's everybody when you say the entrepreneur who needs help with writing. I feel like that's all of us, <laughs> unless we're writers, right? <laughs> unless you're that small snippet where you are a copywriter or you're a writer or you're trained in something like this. I feel like everybody could use some help it's, in their content and copywriting. I mean, we live in a time also where we need so much content. It's insane. I mean, when you look back at the 80s, 90s, you had professional ad writers and copywriters for big companies and that was it and you didn't have the the options and I mean you didn't have social media you didn't have social media businesses so today there's an avalanche of content and also content needed so yeah it can sometimes feel a bit overwhelming avalanche is a accurate way to put it I would say and it seems like there's more and more content that's needed every single day in terms of like before it used to be Okay, you have your website and then you had a Facebook page and then you needed Instagram. And then you look at Instagram, it's become like an onion with oh, layers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Not, you don't just need your grid anymore. You need like seven types of content within Instagram. It's like those little nesting dolls that like yeah, you yeah, open yeah. it and there's another doll inside and another one and another one. Um, and I can see that that would be really overwhelming. It's overwhelming for me. It's overwhelming for everybody, I think, in terms of knowing how to show up in all of these places in a way that is like purposeful and meaningful, but authentic. So I always say like, it needs to look good, feel good, do good. Meaning it needs to look good on you. Like if you're confident with what you're putting out there, you think of like you put on a dress and you're like, Ooh, this looks good. It feels good in that you don't feel like you're pushing a giant boulder up a hill trying to get there. And you don't, you're not doing something that doesn't fit with your values or who you are as a person. And then it needs to do good, like for you and your business and the client. And that is a struggle. Um, so I think the first thing I'd like to dive into is like, 
what is, let's just zoom back. Let's step back, zoom out. Like what is content exactly? And what is the point of it? Like what is the purpose? So content is really anything you put out there that connects you with your ideal clients or represents your brand overall. Content writing is usually um, content that is long content and evergreen content, meaning content that stays forever, so to speak, on your website. This is, for example, a blog, a blog post about um, if you're in the food industry could be, I don't know, how to make a certain recipe that would be long content probably because you will write about how you came up with that recipe or why it's so famous. And it's something um, that we call evergreen content because it never gets old, really. It's, you know, people will make this recipe in three, four, five years uh, as well as now. There's no difference. While copy is more about selling. Copywriters were actually originally the ones that wrote actually quite long copy. It used to be in the 80s. If you look back at all that, you will see they were always a page long. Um, and this is there to sell. But you cannot sell. You cannot use copy without the content because you have to warm up your audience. So when we say it's actually three terms in a way, content is everything you put out there, also videos, you know, snippets, whatever. Then you have content writers who write more long content, content to start to warm up your client to actually get you out there. And then we have copywriters. They write usually landing pages, something that, you know, launches, things like that, something that has to sell. And that's much more, well, it's both ideally data focused, but it's more about the quick sell. Um, but it's a lot of people, you know, write content and copy. I write content and copy. And ideally, you know about both because you can't really write only content or copy without knowing about the other. Because it's just, you know, interesting. For a content strategy, you need both. Which is another word so, I just threw in. Oh, content strategy. There's more, so there's many more. words, but this is good because this episode is an applied episode, meaning we're going to like, figure it out and put, make it really actionable and understandable for people so that they can take something away and change, hopefully implement some changes into their own strategy. So what types of content we said, like content is everything that's out there. And you, you talked about, you briefly said evergreen, like, can you explain the, just the different types of content yeah, briefly? So probably sound like these doctors that always talk about their field and because you sound confused. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not explaining it well. Let's look at the, your client. Okay. That's, that's the easiest way to start off. You have someone who has a problem. Let's say, give me a typical example of a client who would have a certain problem. Um, maybe you can come up with, you want me to come up with something let's say someone who wants to start a business, right? And they don't know how to start a business and you help business owners or entrepreneurs starting businesses, a business coach or however you want to frame it, depending on what you do. And this person is now, you know, they start out, but they have no idea where to start with. So what they will do is they will Google. We all Google all day, right? We Google everything. So they will put in how to start a business. Ideally, you then have content for that question because then you pick up this potential client and you will have a blog post about that. What, how do I start a business? And in this blog post, you explain ideally with links um, in, in detail, but in a way that attracts this reader, how to start, you know, the, the first steps to start a business, three things you have to do to start a business. So this reader now likes the content and says, oh, that's interesting. I want to follow this person. So at the end of the blog, you have 
what we call a call to action. You have a CTA that says, oh, you like my content? You can sign up for the newsletter and I will send you more tips. Um, so then this person ideally signs up for the newsletter, which is a newsletter, interesting enough, is actually a mix between content and copywriting because you don't want to sell in a newsletter all the time, but you also will use it for selling. So then this person gets um, a newsletter from you maybe every two weeks, once a month, whatever you decide every week. And this is now what we call a warm customer or warm potential customer, because this person has shown you they're interested in what you do. They're interested in your business. They like what they've seen so far. So now in this newsletter, you can create a more personal connection. So then you go into what we call segmentation. I'm getting here very far ahead, but you know, you, you do different newsletters. You could say, welcome to my website. Here's a special offer. Here's a freebie to download, whatever it is. So over time with this long content, you then have a person says, I really want to buy something from that person. Maybe they have um, a webinar that I can buy or a course with them so I can set up my business. And lo and behold, after a few weeks or whatever comes your other newsletter, which is now a copy, <laughs> proper copywriting newsletter, uh, right? Where you have like probably a series of 10 emails um, that tells them, listen, I'm about to launch my product which is about how to launch your business. I can help you with ABC. I have an early bird discount. You can sign up here. And if this person then works with you and signs up, then this person has become a customer. But this person would have never become a customer in the first place if you wouldn't have had that blog post out there because they wouldn't have found you. And that's also how Instagram works. That's how social media works. How do people find you? They're usually reels at the moment, right? That's big. I find a lot of people via reels. Um, and then you have to have something that they can go from following you to doing something more. Otherwise, they will just follow you and then eventually say, okay, there's another person on Instagram that also looks interesting. But if you can show them with your content, usually with long content then, that you have something to say, that you're an authority, then again, they will be willing to work with you. So what content does is really getting a foot in the door, keeping the person interested, creating a conversation, so to speak, an interaction. And then eventually the person, again, the client can decide because you always leave it to them to work with you. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I like how you sort of talked about it, like almost like a journey, right? Like they come out, they start on Google, which is like they buy their airplane ticket. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going here. Right. And then they, they land on your blog or whatever through a Google search, I'm assuming through SEO, they read something about you. It pushes them to your newsletter. Within the newsletter, you can have content, you can have sales copy. Um, if we go and look at the social media aspect of it, Facebook, Instagram, it's mostly Instagram right now or TikTok or whatever, and people are coming in that way and they follow you, should there still be, should you still be rooting them back to your website do you think at some point like should you be talking people to get because if someone comes in what i'm saying is they come in on instagram they grab your post or whatever they like it it kind of stops right like mm -hmm. i don't hear so much of a journey as i do with the google search to the the blog to the newsletter so would a great a good strategy be to try and like bring the two together somehow it's always you always have to have an overall content strategy always you cannot see your social media separately from your website um in the case of social media someone let's say your potential customer finds you via reels 
and ideally it is a reel that gives them something right information or something like that it's just not like we said in the episode before it shouldn't be just a generic reel that anyone can do because it doesn't tell them anything about you or your business or why they should work with you but let's say you put in a tip or two and they say oh i like this i want to learn more um then they might follow you right and then they might comment then it's very important that you answer their comment so that's that's more the interaction part. That's not really copy or content in that sense, but you must answer them and have maybe DMs with them, whatever it is. Um, but you should always also have in, in social media a link to your website, to your offer. A lot of people have what's called the, the, the tree, the link tree, where, the, where actually clients can choose. You will always find that social media alone is, is I wouldn't say not enough you can sell via social media. I, I know that people say they have also sold without a website. But I do think long term, you will see that all these people eventually have a website and have a blog. And there's a reason that, for example, big businesses, all big businesses have a blog. It, it's basically, it's very hard to find any company here. <laughs> I'm challenging you now to find a company. I'm sure you will find a company, but it's not let's say 99% of businesses have a blog for that reason, but it's not the only way into it. So definitely have both, but you will see social media. Ideally you, you have a link to your website or to your offer, or whatever it is. So people can actually then make the next step because how else will they buy from you if you don't talk about it or, you know, put it out there. One of the things I've always like one of the analogies or imagery that I've used with clients to describe their relationship with social media is, to not social media is not their business. I always say like your business is not Instagram, like get, get over that because we get very um, fixated on the numbers and the analytics and things. But like what you're saying is, or correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing you say is that social media almost acts more like a net that you catch people. This is how I describe yeah. it to clients that you should be catching people in the lake or like catching fish in the lake, which is Instagram, but then bringing them over to your own space, whether that's your email list or your website or your blog. And in terms of like nurturing that relationship with them, it should move from liking to commenting, to having some interaction to then ideally getting them over into that other space. Yes. Would that be correct? Yes. Because also think about it. We had this conversation also before uh, about Instagram and um, you're if you don't do that you're very dependent on the social media platform you chose so the moment they change something we, we've seen this with reels right when was that a year ago or so they launched it and suddenly everyone had to make reels now a lot of us don't like to be on camera right a lot of us don't feel very comfortable there but you know a lot of people have to do it because that's how this platform works if you have your own platform okay your own website um, and you can also put video content on there, whatever, but it's your own space. And it's also, if you think about the way people find you, it's often more direct. So I don't say give up social media. I think social media is very important. Like you say, it's a net and you can also in stories, especially create a personal connection with people. So that's what it's very important for. But it's obviously easier to connect with someone who already says, how do I start a business? as opposed to someone who's just scrolling and just sees your video and might or might not be interested. You know, it's much more generic. The platform yes. is just, you know, the person that's like on your website is there because they were looking for something that you had. So there's yes. like a little bit of a buy-in already versus 
social media where it can feel like you're on a stage performing and trying to catch the attention of people that are interested in what you're selling, right? Yeah, and people are in a different state of mind also. I mean, we're all scrolling, right? We're just looking at things. Whereas when I'm Googling something, I'm looking for the solution for my problem already. So my, my mind is already in a different place. So it's, 100%. it's not that you yeah. want, you will definitely find clients on Instagram. I found clients on Instagram. Uh, I think we even met through Instagram in a way. No, we met through the, but we also, we, we deepened our friendship through Instagram. So it's definitely yes. a great place for connecting and for engaging and for learning. Um, but it shouldn't be your only strategy. It shouldn't be only the only part of your strategy. Yeah. So what I think what's <clears throat> really evident from what you're saying is that, and this is like something that I see with my clients and people that I have conversations with is that, whether it's because social media, I find, like I said in our previous episode, taps into that like animalistic need to be like liked and and belong and have people and like it can make people neurotic and anxious. And what I find happens is that people put on their blinders and they think like Instagram is my content strategy. I have to post content for Instagram. I got to get the likes. I got to get the follows. But if you were actually to zoom back and look at your business, your content strategy should be much bigger with wider reach. And it's a hell of a lot more complex than just what are you going to put on Instagram today? Yes, definitely. I mean, if we're talking about numbers, I know at least these are two businesses that I know who make six figures plus uh, um, a coach that I know who makes also six figures. And all of them have under a thousand followers on Instagram. And then not under a thousand. That's amazing. Yes, yes. No, because they were, they built their business with a clear sales strategy, with a clear system. And Instagram is an added bonus. It's just they have to be on it. So it depends. For example, if you work in the luxury market, you can be on Instagram, but you have to be very vague about what you're doing and very cool. And you're not selling at all there. Um, and also, if you work in the premium market, there are things you have to consider on your Instagram, which can make it very stressful. Um, and the third person that I'm thinking about, she just has years of experience she, and she built up her network outside of Instagram. And she realized at some point, this is just not me. I'm a serious person. I don't want to do this Instagram stuff anymore. And she just you know, went off it after a few years, after she had learned enough, built her business. And um, so it's not... You know, you don't need to be necessarily on social. Ah, just that I think I just spoke with uh, last week with a copywriter and she makes at least $10,000 a month because she spoke with me about a group she has and so on. So we spoke a bit about money um, and I just looked her up online. She's not on social media, not that I noticed. Her blog is more or less about um, her private life, her kids. And she just, because she has these connections, she has built them up. And she just, you know, people trust her now and they just go to her. And it's a lot about connecting with people and giving them the feeling that you know what you're doing. So you don't have to get so hung up on Instagram. I mean, it's a great, great platform. I would always say when you have a business and you start your business, it's great because you learn so much on Instagram. You learn how to interact with people. You learn also to interact with strangers, right? Because you don't know a lot of people there. You can make great friendships. I mean, some of my really best business advice came from there. I found, I think, yeah, I, I, for example, I found my business coach offline, but I connected with her online. And that's the reason why I eventually chose her. Um, 
you know, there, there are so many good reasons to be on Instagram, but there are also many reasons not to get so hung up about it and not feel you must be on it every day, all the time. You, you have to have a strategy, like with everything. You have to know what you're doing. And when you don't know what you're doing, get someone in to help you. For example. Yeah, this is <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fascinating because the big thing that I talk about with my clients is self-awareness and aligned strategy. So having a strategy that works for them. And I feel like there is such pressure for people to be on Instagram and people thinking that they have to be on Instagram if they want yes. a successful business. And it's like, if that's not working for you and it's not a place where you feel like you can show up the best confidently connect with the right people in the way that you want to forcing yourself to do that might be doing yourself more of a disservice than an actual service and i think it's important you know to expand people's minds to be aware of that there are actual entrepreneurs solopreneurs businesses that exist out there that are successful like you're saying making six figures and having less than a thousand followers and they're not you know, they're not in that eat, live, breathe, sleep, Instagram mode of survival for their business. They're looking at it from a different perspective and they found, I guess, a, a journey or a, like a destination or a route to focus on that works for them. That isn't all about Instagram. But let me tell you all of them that I spoke, except the one person I'm thinking about, but the businesses feel guilty about it. It's quite funny. They tell me all that. Right, because you I feel like be. you have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They tell me, I should, we should do more yes. Instagram. We should it's really like, be on that. And I'm like, right. but what do you want? You have maybe it. you don't. Yeah, maybe it's it's just not really relevant. And they have no strategy. They're just the, and they just don't and know. It's interesting, it though, that they have the guilt, right? Yeah. The, the guilt yeah. that's like, should be on Instagram. Should you? If you're already making six figures and you're happy and you got like a great clientele base and it's based out of your blog or your email or whatever, do you really need to be on Instagram? Like... That's where I would go back, like, does it look good for you in terms of, is it going to represent your brand out there in a way that you want to be seen? Does it feel good? Is it going to do good? If it's not, if it's just don't add to your to-do list, it's what yeah. I mean if you don't have to. But so if someone wants to actually like build a clear content strategy, how the heck do you do that? So what you always need, these are the two points that people always neglect, always, I mean, really almost no exception is the ideal client avatar because it's so hard right it's so hard to find everyone finds it so hard to really say who they want to serve and really double Can down you explain that. ideal client avatar just in so, a nutshell because that's a question that i get asked a lot with clients when they're new when i say we're going to do your ica they're like what's that so the ideal client avatar uh, has many names but it's essentially the person you want to work with and in order to find the person you want to work with and to attract them to work with you, you have to know what their pains are, what their fears are, and what their goals are. Meaning their pains, what bothers them at the moment, what's their problem, right? What is not working? Um, then their fears, what are they afraid of? Why haven't they paid someone to do whatever they need to solve? What, what's the reason for that? That's the friction part. And their goals, where do they want to be? And a lot of people say, oh, they want to make more money. They want their business to be successful. Yeah, but how does that look to them? Do they want to have more time for their children? Do they want to uh, make a million, right? And are willing to work 18 hours a day? I mean, it's it's totally different. And you have to know how that looks for them. Um, and I would definitely double down on that before. That's very important. And then you have to be clear on your own brand. So what you can do in both cases is to write down, if you find it hard, 
um, to write down what who you don't want to work with and what you're not because it's often easier for us psychologically speaking right you can write down okay i don't want to work with a difficult person okay what does difficult mean for you is it a stingy person or is it a person who's always complaining or is it you know and then you go back and think okay how would that ideal person look so it takes a while to do that but this is the absolute basis for content because content is only there to connect and you want to be connected with the right person it's a bit like dating right you also want to have an idea who you want to meet and what this person you know makes three things the person should have three things that would be nice three things that they absolutely can't have it's a bit like that in a way because you want to get energy from your business and you want to serve the right people so once you have your ideal client avatar i would always suggest also what i do with clients is to write down keywords meaning words that attract them so typical middle class words are for example community right ethical local things like that everyone wants to buy locally sourced produce or whatever it is that will naturally attract a certain group of middle class buyers just a random example and so you look through content what these people consume and then see what resonates with your values so your values could be a lot of things you can again write down what doesn't what you're not or you could write down what's important for me is um i don't know it's about your why really if anyone has read simon cynic right it's always about your why why are you doing what you're doing so that's important um it could be sustainability is a big part of your business that's very important for you so you have to then find people who actually fit that bill who are also as interested in sustainability as you and then you flesh that out a bit then you go where they go you read the magazines they read you see what's happening you see what's trending and then you see how that fits in with your brand so if you're a food brand and it's all about locally sourced i don't know what then you could make um, something out of that you can make a whole month literally dedicated to locally sourced food and how does that look you can write a blog about it you can make a reel about it right you can um, engage people in your stories about that but you have to absolutely start with the client so you know who you're talking to and with you with your business with your brand so that means also saying no that's very hard for all of us it means you have to learn to say no to certain clients and to certain values that are not yours even if they're good values you know i'm not talking we all say no to uh, i don't know you know uh, bad things um, that we no one wants bad things in their life but it might be that you're a business that is not yet sustainable and then you have to say that's that can't be a focus in the content it might be important for me but for my business it's not working because it will attract certain people that will then ask me why are you not doing this why are you not you know uh, recycling enough or whatever it is so these things have to be clear before that can take i would say it takes weeks rather than yeah, hours. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like a lot of self-awareness about yourself and your business and, like you said, your values, and but honesty, right, about where you are. Yes, and self-acceptance. And, and just say, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it would be great to be a luxury brand, but that's not me, for example. But you can still yeah, love your 100%. Prada bag. You know, there's nothing wrong with it, but you, you're yes. just not luxury. You're premium or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. It's interesting because the... When I work with like my VIP coaching clients, we do a three month program and the first month is always about self-awareness in order to have that like self-acceptance and self-celebration, but it's to have that understanding of like, cause a lot of them are service providers for the most part, whether they're photographers or recipe developers, chefs, 
designers, you know, they're always people that are the front of their business doing something, but understanding themselves and who they are as a person helps them to understand like their brand and their business because they end up being, there's not that disconnect is what I'm trying to say. When you're like a service provider, you end up being your brand and your business. So when you have this understanding, you're saying like of you, yourself, your brand, your identity, and your ideal client, how do you then like pull it all together for like, like, should I have a blog? How do I, like, I, do I need a website? Like, where do people start? If someone was starting out or not even starting out, let's like back up a bit. Say somebody was on Instagram and that was it. And they were like, I don't have a content strategy. I really should be doing more than just showing up on Instagram. And they, they do that self-awareness brand identity piece that you're talking about. They do the ICA profiling. Where would you suggest they start? Yeah, so this is where, where I usually help my clients because they have some vague idea, but they don't know where to take it from. So then you, I, what I would always do is to look at your year as a whole. It doesn't matter what you start. I mean, what we know, September, you can start in September, October, it doesn't matter. And you say, okay, what's my motto for this year? What do I want? How many clients do I want? How much money do I want to earn? I don't know, uh, you want to earn 100K a year, whatever it is. You say, how many clients do I need? What products do I have? Can I even reach this with the products I have? And then you look at your whole business as that and then see what products can I create that are actually interesting for my clients. Um, and then ideally, you, as we said in the episode before, we talk about, uh, we talk with the clients, we find out more about them, we have an authentic connection with the people who we want to serve and we create products for them. And then we look at the whole thing. I would really um, separate it into quarters and say, okay, maybe let's say you are the typical business owner. You have a blog, but you never write on it. And you have Instagram, but you're on and off. You never know what to do. You should really say, okay, you know what? This month is my blog month. And I would sort out my blog. That doesn't mean you have to write, you know, four articles and let it go. It's about, okay, why is that not working? Do I need maybe someone to write the blog for me? Is the blog not working because it's too difficult to maintain or I don't know what to write about? You said maybe because my ideal client avatar is not really clear for me. So you say one month, I focus on the blog. Never mind about Instagram. If it's not working right now, I will do this the next month. And then the next month, you look at your Instagram and say, okay, what's not working here? What am I doing? And then you focus exclusively on that piece of content. And by, by doing so, you build up your whole content chain, so to speak, your funnel. And you look at what's working and what's not. And that means you have to say no in that month. And that's the hard part to, <laughs> <laughs> to deal with anything else. Mm. If you say, yes, I'm working on Instagram this month. Uh, and I do that with my and finances. I'm going to not yeah. worry about the rest. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, worried I'm not about thinking that. about the fact that I don't have a mailing list yeah. because this is Instagram month. Yeah. yeah. And it also doesn't mean, you know, by the end of this month, my Instagram has to run itself and has to be perfect. It might be by the end of the month, you either said, you know, I'm outsourcing this. This is too much for me. It might be then you have, uh, you say, okay, I'm posting twice a week because I can't do more. It might be that you say, you know, I'm abandoning Instagram. Whatever, but you have to come to a conclusion. It doesn't mean it's... it's uh, right, like get totally... do a full <laughs> audit and figure out what's happening and make a decision. Yes, and also it, then if you give yourself a month, you have enough time and you, you can take it in baby steps because so often we say, I'll do a blog, right? And then you write uh, four or five uh, posts and then it just lingers there forever because we never had a strategy how to maintain it. But we can always come back and say, okay, why didn't it work? Okay, I cannot write that much. Let me outsource it or let me write a blog post a month or whatever it is 
So I would take it really piece by piece and exclude anything else in that month because you will never be able to fix your whole content strategy in one month. It's impossible with the amount of content you and I have to produce these days. It's not possible. It might also be, what I would also recommend is not to do, if you're a solo entrepreneur, not to uh, work with more than two social media platforms um, because it's just too much. It might be useful to ask your clients, where are you hanging out? That's often Facebook and Instagram these days. That's very, very popular. Um, and then just let go of Twitter, let's say, if you're not a journalist or if you don't like fights about Trump and Biden, you know, that maybe that is why I got rid of Twitter. Exactly. I, just, I was like, yeah. nope. I was like, I'm not, this isn't my space. I literally, I don't, I used to do Facebook and Instagram and now it's just Instagram and I post like I auto post to Facebook, but cause I can't do everything. Like you're saying, like I'm concentrating on the podcast, blogging, email, yeah, Instagram. I'm like, that's it. That's all I can do. That's four things. There's five days in a week. I'm picking four because it always <laughs> takes longer. But what I see sometimes is people literally only have Instagram. Like they don't even have a blog or they don't have email marketing or they don't. And they, cause they just are putting literally all their eggs in this basket of Instagram, which then goes to shit when they get locked, locked out or something. Right. Which happens. People like get locked out of their accounts or they change the algorithm or whatever. So where, if they, someone is in that position where they literally are just putting everything on Instagram and that's it, what do you think is most important to establish first? Is it a blog? Is it email? Is it just a general website? It depends where their clients are. So I would always first speak with the clients. Um, when you have... So it goes back to that ICA again, like who yeah, are you selling to? Because, where are they? Yeah, you can't have a blog really without a website. I mean, you can do it, but it's just a bit incoherent and it's just... You know, yeah. it's just easier to have a website. Um, I would often not overthink it. I think that's the other part. I would then, if you say you're on Instagram, but you feel a bit nervous about it, or you feel like I don't want to be only on Instagram, then uh, it, it's easier to start with a website because, you know, you can connect uh, on the website, you can connect your newsletters and your blogs with and everything is just on one. Uh, you can use things like uh, Squarespace. Um, and you can get literally everything in one website. So I would do that, but I yeah, wouldn't. Even if you have it. like a landing page. Yeah, Sorry, just something to start. But even if you have yeah. a landing page, something. Yeah, people yeah. just overthink it. You know, it's very important. I also worked with people who said, oh, my, my cousin can build me a website. I'm like, absolutely not. Do not do this. Just go to a provider, um, you know, because you can change everything, you know, all the time. So you can just put up your website. It takes you maybe four or five hours in the beginning, right? Because you have all these fancy things. You don't know what to do and should you have a blog or not. And then you can come back to it. And like I said, you can have, you could, for example, say in October, I built my website. And in November, I look into blogging. That doesn't mean you will set up the blog, but maybe you will learn about blogging or you will decide if you do it or not. But um, yeah, I think the website is probably the best place to start because you can automize so much with the website. You can either automize. And then I guess, yeah, like you're saying, depending on who your ideal client is, you either lean into a blog or email. Yeah, yeah. Then you can see what you... Uh, look, ideally you have everything, but you also have to be realistic what you can yeah, do. Yeah, but it's also, yeah, it's reality is it's you might not have everything up at once. Or like you said, you have it, you have the blog, you haven't blogged in a year, or you have the email list. I had an email list that I hadn't touched for a year, and I started reviving it in December, so like nine months ago. You know, and yeah. it was sort of that thing where we said, we look back, like, why am I not using it? Why wasn't it working? That sort of 
process, which was really helpful, but I like how you talk about splitting it into actionable chunks, right? So that you're not overwhelming yourself. And that's really like about supporting yourself with a like, yeah, growth mindset. I'm going to do this and I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to go into it with curiosity and look at it and be like, why isn't this working? What can I do to fix it? But you're containing it within something that your brain can handle, right? You're like, we're just looking at the blog right now because it's so easy. I think to be like, my blog's a mess. I don't have email. Oh my God. Instagram. I'm not on TikTok. And then your brain melts and you're just like, you feel like everything is shit and why should you get out of bed the next yeah, day, yeah. right? So just looking at it strategically and going through each platform or content space and looking at like how you're showing up, if it's working, why isn't working? And then figuring out, I guess, what is the one easy actionable thing you could do to get the ball rolling. Yeah, it's also the, what we call the shiny object syndrome, right? You hear all, every few months there's a new thing. I remember when TikTok came out, everyone was like, should I be on TikTok? And I said, I don't know. Are your clients there? That, that's the only question you have to ask at the end of the day. Do you have time for it? And are your clients there? If your clients are not on TikTok, it's irrelevant. Like business to business, they had a whole discussion. Should we be on TikTok? And I went, yeah, you could. Of course, if you have 46 hours in the day, you can do a lot of things. But you have only 24 and you want to eat and sleep and maybe go out a bit and have a life, right? So you have to decide that what's the most important. So I would say if you're on Instagram, and if you need something else, start with a website. Don't make it difficult. Take any provider out there. Just start simple. It doesn't have to look perfect. Just come back to it every three months or so. You know, you can schedule that in once you have a website. Just spend two hours. Or like, if you're like me, sometimes you have this inspiration. You think, oh, I know what to write now. I know what to write now. And you can just quickly change it. And then you just take it step by step. And just, you know, don't don't beat yourself up. Most people I know don't have everything in place for sure not in the first years of their business usually takes a few years or they outsources and have people who, who actually do it for them it's interesting you talk about like oh i should have this i should have that which leans or leads nicely into what i wanted to talk about next which is like content myths ah, so what are the favorite. biggest like myths that you think that exists for people um of course what we've spoken about briefly very briefly in the last episode the the more followers I have, the richer I'll be myth. That's very, okay. very uh, yeah. big. Um, Spoiler alert, it's not correct. Yeah. Right. It's not. <laughs> Hit the red buzzer. You know when they have a big red buzzer and you're like, meh, exactly. wrong. Okay. okay. Um, Having more followers doesn't mean more money. Yeah, definitely. And the other thing is we, have, we must realize that we can only do so much in a year, but we will be so much further ahead in two, three, four years. And you will look back at your own business and the way it has grown and say, I cannot believe everything I achieved in these few years. If you just take it step by step, if you do what I recommend really to, which is, you know, if you read Atomic Habits, watch them, that's classic. What he recommends there, everyone has read it for a reason, because it works. You have to just look at what can I do this month that will make a difference to my business? What can I do this week? And you have to stay focused. And even if it feels minuscule you know you often we often underestimate how much of a change that will bring we often say oh what difference does it make if i write a blog post once a month it will make a difference because in three four five six months down the line um google search will find you and people will find you because you might suddenly pop up at number one you know uh on google search or uh, james smith wrote about it how he wrote an email, a sales email, and he's a fitness trainer. Okay, he's a personal trainer. He's not a 
in marketing, just learned about it and said, okay, I will write an email every day. And he wrote an email every day for 10 months before he got his first client. Um, and it's very important to realize that, you know, there is no such thing as a quick, like overnight success. And it's, we know it, but we never internalize it. It's very important to realize that everything you do today and next week and this week will have a massive impact on your business. So just do the right thing, just small things. Um, and the third thing- I like that because it's sustainable. Yeah. So it's not about like, I need to post this many times per day or I need to blog this many times per week. No, you just don't, you don't have to listen to whatever one all these tips you have to and oh my gosh, what there are how many reels you have to put out there a week and I'm like, who has time for that kind of stuff? But it it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, but it should be part of your overall plan. You can say, you know what, this week or this month I'm going to challenge myself and I'm going to uh, do thirty reels in thirty days. And that it's yeah, yeah. If you were doing one of yeah. those Instagram months. Exactly. Like you said you're focusing yeah. on Instagram month. You can say, okay, we're looking at reels this month. That is fine. It's just you know don't buy into this myth of uh, everything has to happen right away. And um, the third thing is is what we've also spoken briefly about um, cold DMs. I mean these sales strategies are really terrible. Sometimes you have to. It's, it's a numbers game. They always say it's a numbers game. I mean imagine you're dating. And you, you always tell yourself it's a numbers game and you go just out and say, okay, we'll go out with 100 guys and I will, um, I don't know, go to this uh, twice with uh, five or whatever. And it just becomes, you know, I mean, who wants to go out like this? It's very stressful. So No, as somebody who is single that deals with dating, I would never want to go out with <laughs> people to find one. That's probably why I don't date. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to. I like it. That's energetically sustainable. Yeah. So you know what? Dating and um, finding clients has to be energetically sustainable. I think that's a very nice saying what you have there. It's, it's very important to make it when you talk with someone to that you really feel generally interested in the person. So don't just chat about because I can tell you, we all, you know, we can smell it a mile away. I mean, if you write me, to sell me something, I can tell you right away that, that that's what you're doing because it's not authentic. People feel that. So whatever sales strategies people tell you, or these these reels, they always say, "How oh, I got so and so many followers in two weeks." That's what I did. Okay, but did it really? These people don't tell you if it gave them anything. Did their business grow? Did they make more money? Did they? It's just random stuff. It's very important to you know, to, to debunk these myths because they're not saying anything, essentially, these reels. If you're really looking at it, you think that that's how they work. You look at it, like you said, your, your primal instinct is, oh my gosh, they must make so much money. We don't know. Maybe they don't make any money. Maybe they just wasted a whole month on reels and have just random followers that, you know, you can do nothing with. So well, that's just it. So it's like, you don't need us like more followers doesn't mean more money. No. Right. Posting a certain frequency doesn't mean that it's going to work. Um, and that, that myth is that you're talking about now is this concept that there's this recipe for success that everybody yes, could yes. apply. The secret sauce. Work. Yeah. And it's just not. Yeah. If, if there's a secret sauce, then it's really about connecting with people you like and doing it in an authentic way and being who you are. And that takes time. And that's why no one sells it because it doesn't make them money. It makes it's you not money. sexy to be yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's, and it's, it's like it's about not. connecting with yourself, right? And connecting with yourself and understanding who you are so that you can show up authentically and have like real deep, meaningful connections with people. 
that's not as sexy as saying like, oh, post a reel every day and you'll have 20K followers in a month, right? Yeah, but it's- So it's, people don't talk about it. No. And Maybe we should make reels about Yeah, we should like make reels not, about The that. not so sexy side of entrepreneurship. How about real It's going to be this and this. Yeah, real, real talk on reels. There yeah. we go. We've already done some- copywriting but, for you us. know it, it's a way like it's a bit like soap operas when you look at soap operas they're all full of drama right no one wants to see a real authentic conversation let's sit it down and talk it out right because it's it's not like you say it's not sexy it's not interesting but if there's drama and if there's quick things and everything's happening then we are, it just naturally attracts it and it's the same it's, it's a typical myth that you just have to that's why i would also recommend having someone from outside helping you a bit who's, you know, someone who's a bit further than you in a business and can tell you, okay, I've done this and it's not working. Because let's be honest, we all learn the most from our failures. That's not a myth. It's really it's true. It's that path of least resistance. Like you said, you're looking for the path of least resistance, which is why we get sucked into yes, that sexy yes. idea of like, oh, it'll be quick and easy. Yeah, I mean, me snap look, as a, copywriter, <laughs> as a copywriter, I can tell you that's, that's how you sell also. You tell people it's yeah. quick and it's easy because we are all attracted yes. to it, right? There's, yeah. you know, there's Sex sells, that's what they say. Yeah. But then you said having that objective, that relationship and, and a safe space with someone that you can objectively talk about these things and work on these things, like you said, your business coach or whoever. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that's very important. That's not a myth. You have to just be careful who you choose. I would always recommend to follow people a few months. I followed my business coach for 10 months, I think. Um, and I would always recommend, again, to also look for that uh, real connection with that person. So if you're looking for anyone to help you, to, to you know, you can send them a DM and ask them a yeah. few things. And Yeah, that's what I mean. Sorry, I didn't mean like having a coach was a myth. I meant more like there's no quick you know, quick recipe for success that everybody's going to be successful and that it's about, like you said, really knowing yourself and knowing your business, but you can help yourself do that by connecting with someone that can help you see an outside perspective, whether it's outsourcing to a service provider or working with a coach or something that helps give you that perspective that you can't really get on your own. Yeah. I mean, that's also, I think the problem why people struggle with writing content because you, you need everything we spoke about now you know the funneling and how you get people on your website and so on this is the structure but you have to have your values in place and you have to have your ideal client in place and then it's down to you really to decide what this is and this is where we struggle and that's where we start looking outside right we're looking to see the, the you know to read the ultimate article about copywriting and that's why things like um these calendars sell that say you know ready-made content for a month for example and it might work for some people, but it's just too generic to really make a difference to your business. I'm not a fan of templates or like ready-made content like that where it's sold in bulk. Um, yeah. For the reason that I, what you're saying is that the message gets watered down and you see the same, you see people posting the same stuff over and over and over again. And to me, I'm like, I don't know who you are. Like that's, it makes me feel like I'm talking to a robot. Right? Yeah. Like, it's quick. Sure. It's quick to pay someone some dollars so that you can have like 60 days of social media posts or whatever. But then it's not really a true expression of who you are, what you think, what message you have to share. And then you're going to be kind of bummed when you're not really attracting people. Yeah. And it, it, you will see also that people who are very successful on Instagram, um, they often, none of them say something that's brand new. 
And I can tell you from experience, from having read all of these copywriting books that are classics these days, maybe these men back then in the 30s said something that was new. There were some people who generally paved the way for all of us. But a lot of it is not that it's new. You don't have to be original. You just have to be authentic and you have to speak to you know, your group. Because none of us will, I mean, maybe you know, Jeff Bezos and people like that. But most of us were not in our lifetime. And reinvent the real. And you don't have to. It's, it's just about, you know, for example, as a content writer, my job is to write content and help you with content strategy um, who like the kind of content I write and who, who have a need for that. But they don't even, you know, it wouldn't even help them if I would create something very unique. Because what works in content and copy is tried and tested and it really works because it speaks to our emotions and if i change that it, it, it's not even going to be better so when you go out there when you create your content always remember you don't have to create content that's very unique it has to just really show you as an authority that's important and it has to create a connection with your client meaning it has to answer their pains their problems it has to address their goals and show them i i am the person who can help you with that and it doesn't have I to, love that yeah. that it doesn't have to be reinventing the wheel you don't have to be having these groundbreaking ideas but you have to communicate your ideas and thoughts in a way that's authentic and connects with the person on the receiving end that you want to be connecting with and that I think the thing that trips people up is thinking like I have nothing new to say yeah and, and it's not I always say to clients it's like no you're not going to have anything new to say because we're not you know that's not the, the goal. guy <laughs> the tesla dude ah uh, elon musk is it yeah i was like right elon musk okay you're not going to be having these like groundbreaking ideas but you're going to be saying it in a way that somebody else needs to hear right and yeah. somebody else needs your message and if you're showing up in that way that's authentic expression then you're paving the way to connect with people authentically yeah i mean look at so. coaches for example there, there are of course thousands of coaches out there but you will go to that coach that you feel most comfortable with that addresses a certain point in your life that needs, you know, fixing or however you want to call it is, is, is a challenge. Um, and that's it. And it doesn't matter that there are 999 other people. It, it's not, it, it's irrelevant. So you don't have to create a new program or a new whatever. You have to just show them, this is what I do. This is how I can help you. This is who I am. And then you attract the people that you want to attract. Well, I think it's pretty evident that like content strategy is complex and it requires <laughs> and deserves, uh, <laughs> it requires a lot of thought and it deserves a lot of thought, right? It's not something you should be just like slapping up every day and being like, oh yeah, okay. Like, you know, when a, you know, those cartoons when there's a hole in the boat and the water's like spouting out and they're like putting their hand down on it to try and like stop it from sinking. You don't want that kind of band-aid approach. You want it to be more purposeful and meaningful and like thought out. So someone who's totally confused, let's just say, or is like, oh my God, my content strategy is a mess. I don't know what I'm doing. Or it's just very evident that they haven't been thinking about it. How can you help them? Like, do you want to talk about, let's talk about the wow hour and how. So yeah, so the wow hour. Make, yeah. How could someone make use of something? Because I might think like, okay, I don't want to hire a copywriter to like redo my website. Like that's not where I'm at right now. Or I don't want to outsource my emails yet or because I don't know if that's what I want to do how could they utilize your skills and strengths in a way that is going to help them get some clarity like let's 
dive in. Tell them what the wow hour is. So the wow hour is for people who have a specific problem. Um, there could be anything from they've written their website, but they're not sure about the copy, if it will sell, if it will work. It could be they're launching a new product. And these are all people who say, you know what, I will do the bulk of the writing myself. I actually want to do the writing. I don't need a copywriter yet, but I need someone to, to just help me. Like I said, an outsider who can look at my business objectively and my goals and can help me. So they usually come to me with one problem. Let's say they want to launch something, said I have this great product, um, but I don't know how to address people. What kind of words should I use? And in the wow, I always sit together and I let them talk. Obviously, that's the most important. I really listen to them and try to find out, okay, what, what's happening here? Why are you confused? Is it because you're not clear about your client? Is it because um, you, you know, you're, you're not sure about content marketing, sales strategies? A lot of people feel very uncomfortable with selling. Um, and then we double down on that. We create a client avatar. So that means we create a very detailed you know, idea of the client they want to serve with the right keywords. That's very important. So when they write down content, they can use these keywords. So for some people, it might be work like bespoke. For other people, if you don't work in the premium or luxury market, bespoke means, oh, it's so expensive. So we don't want to use that word. So things like this are very, very important. So when they have their own keyword list, they can actually write content for themselves in the future. Um, and then it's also about looking at in one case, for example, someone wrote a website and she asked me, can you have a look at it? And we went through the website piece by piece and said, okay, what? Do, why did you write this? Okay, who are you talking to? You know what I think? This, this word will actually turn people off because it sounds cheap or because it sounds too expensive or whatever it is. But we base it always on your ideal client. So it gives you the clarity that you need. And it also gives you something to work with later because um, you get two weeks of email support with me. So let's say you launched the website, you have this ideal client avatar and you wrote something and you're like, I'm not really sure if this is, did I really get this, right? So you can send me that and say, is that, do you think that fits into the general description? Or you might meet a client, potential big client has also happened in the past. You know, people say, oh gosh, I met this person. I don't know, I'm, I'm writing them this email. Is that correct? Now, what do you think? So I help them with that also for two weeks. So it, it's basically setting you up for success without that you have to commit long-term to a copywriter. So it gives you a content strategy. It gives you an ideal client avatar. And it gives you the support for two weeks. You need to just begin your content journey, so to speak. That's amazing. And it sounds like it's very personalized in that the person can say, you know what I need, let's, we need to talk about my website or we need to talk about this, whatever their pain point is, what's not working for them right now in terms of their copywriting and content. Yes. And yes. Totally focused can, on that. You know, it has to be Yeah. Yeah, and then they get to utilize the strengths of an, and the expertise of you, an expert, which they don't have um, inherently because that's they're not a copywriter. So they are able to dip in and make use of that. But it sounds collaborative too, which is great. And it's not something where you're just like, okay, one hour, we're done. There's still that nurturing level of support to help them learn and keep growing. Yeah, I added that because I felt, you know, it's, it's like you say, it's so overwhelming. Content is so overwhelming. And then you change, you go off the call and you think, oh, that's perfect. Now everything's working. And then something happens in the next two weeks. And you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't know. What should I do now? Is that, am I still on track? And so that's just to, you know, make it easier for you to work it out. Well, 
That's perfect. I can imagine, like, I'm like, I'm going to book one for myself because I'm thinking of some things that I'm going to be doing in the new year. And I'm like, I feel like we should connect again before I launch a few of these things. Ooh, but I'm getting excited. You're launching something new. Will you let I us know here? <laughs> well, we'll see. Yes, of course. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on or any easy, actionable tips you wanted to give people or just... Yes, I want to say... Um, for all those people who um, are listening to the podcast and hear about the Wow Hour and are interested, if you get in touch with me and quote Jennifer, then you will get a reduction on um, the Wow Hour, which is um, it's normally three hundred and fifty pounds, and it will be two hundred and forty-nine. That so that's um, much less. That's a great deal. That's because Can I quote myself. Yeah. <laughs> can i use my own name as a quote yes yes you can that's that's a that's a great deal yeah that's like a third off wow so that's that's valid until the um end of december so till the 31st of december new year yeah, new year new year 2021 <laughs> that's perfect so if you want to like take your content strategy and shake it up and really go into 2022 having a clearer idea of what you can focus on a wow hour might just be the thing you need Anyways, thank you for being here, Melody. I'm going to want to pick your brain again, probably about email or something one day. Um, so I'm hoping that we'll have you on again. I would love to. Then we can always talk about newsletters, emails. There's so much to talk. You know, I can talk for hours about content, which is a bit of a problem sometimes when you're at a dinner party. It's not party. a problem if that's what you do for a living. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the Brand Authenticity Edit. If you found this episode insightful, inspiring, or interesting, I would really love your support. The world of podcasting is so different than social media, where we're very accustomed to just double tapping to show our appreciation. And there's two key things that you can do to support the growth of this podcast. Number one is subscribe. Subscribing is totally free, and it means you'll never miss an episode. And lastly, leave us a review. Five-star reviews and positive feedback really help with rankings within the app, but it also helps other people to find this podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I can't wait to dive further into these topics with you. Again, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Jennifer Hulley, and I'll talk to you soon.